So, all right. I had the amazing privilege to introduce to you two ladies and a gentleman that some of you already know and some of you don't. Erica, Miranda, and Etienne. And I love these three. And I don't know them real well, but there is something that they carry that when my spirit is with them, it jumps and it connects to them. God so loved the world, not just Newcastle, not just Indiana, not just America, not just Mexico, but the whole world. And I remember hearing them for the first time. I was sitting in the second row, and they were talking, and it was the first time I ever heard anyone say that God sent him to America. They're from South Africa, right? Okay. And they, if I understand right, if I remember, what I heard was they said that God called them to Russia and to America. And when I heard that, it crushed me. But it made me realize that America needs missionaries. We sent them out, but now we're at a state where we need them to come back. But we need to continue sending out, Correct. So I got me and Ben, we're going to be going in October to Kalmykia. We got to sit and have a wild, crazy supper with them <laughs> and talk. And they have some amazing stories. God is moving in Russia. He's moving in Kalmykia. He is moving in Israel. He is moving in South Africa. Now, there's a couple things specifically I asked him to touch on because one thing that they shared, man, it, it gripped me. But I want to ask any, and as just, you don't have to stand up, but I am one. I have dealt with addiction. All right? I'm sober, but I've dealt with it. And many of you in here are dealing with addiction and have been freed from addiction. All right? Smoking, alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever it is. Many of you in here have been freed and are still dealing with stuff. That's just how it works, okay? But you can get freedom. And I believe in even hearing the testimony of all the things they will share. You're going to be touched, and even freedom will come from that. So I don't know who's sharing first. Erica! Yes, everybody say hi, Erica. And I'm going to ask you, I know it's Mother's Day, but I'm going to ask you to honor these wonderful ladies, and the things that they carry. Because you will not want to leave early and miss out on what God is doing. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be back in Newcastle. Um, it's really a privilege for us to be here, just to worship together and give God the glory that He so deserves. And um, really, I just want to thank you this morning for just allowing the Lord to speak to you, to touch you, to not care about whatever is going on around you, but just giving Him your all. And uh, I, I'm grateful for the experience. Thank you so much. It's really an amazing time that we have had so far in the States. Um, we've been back now for two weeks, and another two weeks then we'll go back to Israel. I'll, I'll share all about that now. But it's really just amazing to, to be in the States and to really experience that God is doing something in the States. God is definitely doing, not everything that we see is just bad. There's a lot of things that we see and we, we wanna hold our heads and think, oh my word, what's happening? But in the meantime, God is doing something. And so I just want to encourage you this morning not to give up, not to lose hope. But this is the time that God is calling his church to watch and pray. To just watch what's happening and pray. And God will do nothing unless he reveals it to his people. So be encouraged this morning and, and allow the Lord to show you what he's doing and pray that into existence. Amen. So... 
for the l we haven't been here i think for more than two years now so um yeah it's about maybe yes about that long almost two years and then um, we just want to share what happened the last year <laughs> in our lives and what god's been doing in and through the world everywhere um firstly israel marina and i've been living in israel now for a year and a half um, just serving at an organization called bridges for peace um, just helping all the the jewish people from all over the world that's coming back to israel and most of them the people that we work with are russian-speaking jews uh, and for us it's amazing to have this privilege to even minister to god's people in his land it's really a, a blessing for us to be in israel um, we do a lot of physical work um, and sometimes uh, well most of the time i am at the back in a warehouse packing between 17 to 20 tons of food every month and putting them on huge pallets and taking them to deliver them everywhere where people are truly in need and um, as i'm doing that and as i'm packing food it's hard i'm telling you it's hard i'm not that young anymore and so sometimes i want to grumble within my heart lord what am i doing I'm used to sharing Jesus with people, but now I'm packing pickles and spaghetti. And what is this about? And all I know is that the Lord is saying, be obedient and give me glory. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I'm packing this pickles. I'm praying over this food. And may every Jewish person that touched this food get a revelation of the love of Jesus Christ and come to know you. And it's just a privilege to do whatever God tells us to do, no matter what just to do that and, and experience the Lord in even the small things that we do. We also see the Lord now um, building a bridge between Russia and Israel. There's more than 2 million Russian-speaking Jews in Israel that made Aliyah, that now lives in Israel, that are Israeli citizens, but they still speak Russian, and it's very, very hard for them to learn Hebrew, to adapt to this new culture. And uh, we uh, are now trying to um, awaken the church in Russia, speaking to them not only about the nations, because we do have to send out missionaries, and that's our heart. You all know us. But one of the things God's really put on our hearts is to, to build a bridge between the church in Russia and Israel. The church in Russia has a responsibility to bless God's people and to give to the especially the russian speaking jews and so we're really excited about this new thing god is doing um of course russia i bring greetings from the team that you that you as a church supports they asked us to please say thank you to say hi and they of course are inviting all of you to come and i we are just conveying their invitation uh, please if the lord puts it on your heart go to samara and and just spend time with the team. God is using them tremendously all over Russia from the very far east, um, the very far north, north, the south. They are never in Samara anymore. they just everywhere. These ladies God has raised up and he's using them powerfully to mobilize the church for missions. They go out every week somewhere in another city and just raising up people sending out missionaries um, equipping people to take the nations for the lord we've seen over the last few years a few of the least reached people groups being reached for the name of the lord and this is part of your inheritance because you are sowing into the lives of these amazing russian people so we just want to thank you and give glory to god Kalmykia. so most of well all the bottom part pictures are all about Kalmykia. Now God is moving amongst that least rich people group. You all remember they are a Buddhist people, people group. 0.01% Christians have never heard about the gospel. But God is doing something amazing. So in we were there in December and uh, having a meeting with Sveta and Yuri. They are our missionaries from our team saint from samara that lives now in kalmykia for the last year and a half now 
And um, we were sitting and discussing things, and Yuri, who was a drug addict, lived on the streets for many years before the Lord saved him, said that he has such a passion and a heart because in Kalmykia, alcohol is a huge problem. A lot of people are alcoholics. They live on the street. They have nothing. They've lost it all. They're just waiting to die when they can get their next fix. Next fix, sorry. And so he had it on his heart. He said, why? It's winter, December, January, February. It's quite cold in Russia. And so um, maybe we should rent a flat in the middle of Elista and uh, get these people off the street, just a warm house. A house where it's warm, they can be fed, and they can hear the gospel. So by God's grace, raised the finances, and we could rent this flat now for about five, four, five months already. And in this time, God is just bringing these people to the warm house. Um, Eleven people in the last three months have already repented and now know Jesus as their Savior. They totally set free from alcohol. And they are on fire for the Lord. They do not want to quit. They're just amazing people. And they cannot believe that the Lord loves them. It's amazing to see. Anyway, this one lady that you see, the second lady, she's in the warm house. She was a very wealthy, good businesswoman. Um, had a nice life. Had a house, everything. So one morning she wakes up, her husband's gone. He decided to leave her. She was devastated started to drink, became an alcoholic, lost everything, and have been living on the streets for a few years already. Everyone in the city knows her. She's an aggressive alcoholic, terrible lady. But somehow she heard through one of the others who told one of the others who told one of the others, you know how it goes, that there's this warm house. How she got the address, because we don't give away the address, we take the people from the street and take them ourselves. How she got the address, nobody knows, but went to this house, knocked on the door, and stood there knocking and knocking and knocking. When Yuri opened the door, she was standing there, and she was begging him. She said, I am begging you. I'm begging you to take me. I am tired of this life. I want to know your Jesus. I also want to be set free. And so she said, I, don't, I will stand here until I die, but I'm not leaving until I know your Jesus. And so the the Yuri took her in. She repented. So now we've also started to feed all these homeless, alcoholic people outside, the, um, giving them a hot meal, and God's just growing this. And so she's also participating in this and going out and giving, you know, sharing the food. And so people saw her, and they are shocked because this is the same lady that just a month ago was just this terrible woman that no one could speak speak to ever the police saw her know her from all the things she's done wrong and so when the police saw her they were shocked and now have decided that every time they see a homeless man anywhere they phone Yuri and say we found another one for you <laughs> so this is just amazing the, these are Buddhist police they do not believe in Jesus but they want these people to go to the warm house because somehow God's changing them and so we just want to say God is good and all the glory for him. So please continue to pray for Kalmykia and um, we're grateful for the people coming. And really, if this is what God is telling you, come. Because that is a, a real need for people to come and share the gospel. We trust that in the next few months we will have our first church plant in a village and, and um with the rehab center that we will start now. So really God's moving in Kalmykia. The Ukraine, we were in the Ukraine. Um, we were a little bit weary, wa wa worried about going to the Ukraine. We were invited by a Pentecostal union to come and help them to become missions minded because they, they, they say they lost their missions, hard for missions, and just to come back and share with them and mobilize them. Uh, especially because of the things between Russia and the Ukraine going on. And so, but God told us to go, and it was an amazing time. We were, had the privilege to sow into about 42 churches, bishops and pastors, and they were so on fire, and, and God is really calling the church back to unity and to send out people all over the world. So we're really excited about what God's doing in the Ukraine. 
We also had the privilege to go to Belarus. We had two missions courses in Belarus. I just want a short, short testimony. In one of the villages we did this course, there's 250 people living in that village. It's a very small village. And uh, we got there, and the, the amazing thing that God is doing in this village, all 250 people are Christians. Have you ever heard of that? Now, okay, now that is amazing. But let me share the most amazing thing about it is that in this village, there is only one church. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that is just so amazing. 250 people, all Christians in one church. That church is 85 years old. 85 went through communism. But that church is still standing, and most people in that church are between the age of 20 and 40. That is the, it's a young church, well, young people in the church, but amazingly on fire. And all of them are going through Kairos course and missions, and they just want to, as a church, change the world. And so we're really excited about what that God is doing there. And we praise the Lord for Belarus. Um, not very safe in Belarus. It is a, a country that's going through persecution and a lot of control. And as Christians, you're not allowed to do a lot of things, but there's always a way. And so we, we, we I don't have time to share everything, but God's really moving in Belarus. Uh, we also went to Tajikistan. Tajikistan is a closed country, very radical Muslim country. We've been in a few of, the, of the, these Asian countries, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan. Very dangerous places, but exciting to see what God's doing. We were so excited to go with the Lord to a place where people are willing to die for Him. And it was just an amazing experience, and it just encouraged us again to just say, Lord, it's all yours. We're all in, and Marina will share about that right now. I just want to share, you see the bottom part, the bottom picture, there's a young guy standing with his hands in the air. Now, this young guy, nine months ago, decided to join ISIS. He was a radical, radical Muslim heavy into Islam, and was walking around with a, with a knife in his pocket because he decided he's going to kill for, for his faith. And was just on his way to join Syria and ISIS in Syria. And Sergei, this one pastor from Dushanbe, a uh, young pastor, Dushanbe is the capital, met him and just started to share the gospel with him. And as Sergei was sharing the gospel, this young man was thinking how he's going to kill this man. And all that's in his mind is, I'm going to kill you now. I'm just going to kill you now. But as he was sharing the gospel, Sergei, the love of the Lord compelled him to fall on his knees and cry out. This young man, nine months ago, did not know Jesus and is now so passionate about Jesus because he experienced the love of God. He experienced something that we have. Just someone to share that Jesus loves him. And now that few young guys that you see there are going through persecution like you cannot believe. Their fathers, one of, one of them shared how his father stabbed him with a knife and said, I'm killing you. And I, will keep, I will kill you because you left Islam. And so they ran away, but every day they go into villages, they go into the mountains, they share the faith, they are being stoned, they are being ridiculed. It's amazing, but they said, it's all about Jesus. And so really, pray for Tajikistan, pray for Kyrgyzstan, for Kazakhstan, for Turkmenistan. Um, they really need our prayers. Those are our brothers and sisters laying down their lives to see more people come into the kingdom of the Lord. So we just want to thank you again for all your support. Thank you so much for praying for us. We really appreciate it. And we pray that the Lord will give you a hundredfold, that there would be a harvest in this city that you've never even imagined. So we just want to thank you. And this is uh, Etienne. Our, uh, he's one of our sons. Wonderful young man. We really love him. Um, he's served for, for many years now uh, in India. And uh, God did amazing things through his life in India. Thanks, Etienne. And um, 
And it's just, his season in India is uh, finished, and so he's joining us now again, and will help us to uh, do uh, uh, youth Kairos courses in Russia, and to just, uh, you know, do what God wants to do. And so we are very happy that Entian is with us again. Um, he's always been with us, he's always part of Cross Ministries, but he's going to be moving with us now as a team again, so we're really excited. Um, it's really special for Eric and I to be with you. I'm just going to skip over that. Um, this theme of all in, we have been um, we've been teaching about this in the school uh, from a book. We've been uh, in the New Life School of Ministry in Anderson uh, in this past week or two that we've been here, and we've uh, we've really just shared what God has put in our hearts. This is really a theme that we have felt God is doing in us over the last few months that God spoke to Erica and myself and saying, I want you to be all in. Now, when God started to speak to us about this, you know, I really said to the Lord, Lord, but I am all in. You know, I have laid down my life. I've given you everything. I don't have a home. All my money, everything I have is yours. And, um, and you know, Lord, I have really given everything. And the Lord said to me, you know, Miranda, have you really? I said, yes, Lord, you know, I've given everything. The Lord said, can I mess with your plans? I said, well... You know, everything means everything. Um, to be all in. When we were in Tajikistan, Erika said, uh, it's such a Muslim nation. Um, it was, it was, you know, when you go into Tajikistan, you feel the the pressure almost, like um, because it's a dangerous place. Uh, they took us to places. They they were hiding us. We were not allowed to really walk on the streets and meet people. Uh, they kept us like you know away from everybody. We couldn't take any photos really. Um, they did not allow us to take photos because they have to be so careful. It's really dangerous. And uh, as we were in Tajikistan, we were there for about two days when suddenly I realized I made a huge mistake. I, when we bought our tickets, <coughs> we bought tickets to leave Tajikistan on the 27th and our visa expired on the 26th. Now we are there already and we're thinking, oh no, this is, it in, we're in Tajikistan. You don't, you don't mess with their visa stuff. You know, we are there as tourists, and, um, but we're not really tourists. And uh, they had to be so careful. The pastor who, the, who we communicated with on the internet, he wasn't even at the course because he was too afraid that they would follow him. And so they had to be, everything was so secret. And here I got our dates wrong. And our visa expired. And we said, Lord, you know, okay, so we have to just maybe change our tickets. So we're going to change our tickets. We, I, I looked into that. I thought, okay, we have to change our tickets, uh, you know, to fly out earlier. And Erika said, well, maybe we should just trust the Lord for a miracle. You know, and um, my, fr my friend have more, I think, more courage than me. I said, no, we should change it. This is dangerous, you know. We could get into lots of trouble. And she said, well, maybe we must just trust God for a miracle. And, um, you know, and I said, no, but, you know, let's just see. Maybe we can change it. And I, I looked into it, I and, and it was not really possible to change it. If we wanted to change it, we had to buy completely new tickets, you know. I said, okay, so maybe we must just buy new tickets then, you know, because this is dangerous. What are we going to do? N just now they know they keep us or they put us in jail or whatever. And, uh, but we decided then together we were going to trust God. Lord, we're going to just trust you for a miracle. Um, we are all in, Lord, so we trust you for a miracle. And, um, and so we arrived there at the airport. Of course, there's, this, this, there's almost this fear. You trust the Lord, but there's still this fear. What if? What if, what if they put us in jail? You know, Lord, maybe, maybe you want us to go through that. And so, um, but we just trusted, Lord. We said, Lord, whatever, we're all in. We're trusting you. And uh, when we got to the airport, they, yeah, they immediately saw. I thought the Lord's going to make their eyes blind and they're not going to even see it, but they did see it. So, and they took us to a small room and the guy was very, like, almost angry. He said to us, you know, you're not leaving. I said, oh, there it is. That's what I thought. You know, you're not leaving. You're going to have to stay for so longer. You're going to have to pay a fine. We're going to have to take you back to the city and so on. And we just kept on. I, I tried to explain something. He got even more angry. So I just decided to keep quiet and pray. And Erika started speaking. And she said to him, we just want to go home. Please just let us go. And somehow God changed his heart. Just like in a, a, about 20 minutes of conversation with him, God changed his heart and he said eventually, okay, we'll change the date on your visas, you can go. So that was really just, just God changing his heart and it was amazing. 
It was truly amazing. And God said to us, you know, he showed us, God does amazing things when we, when we, can, we, we are all in. When we trust Him, when we surrender everything, when we say, Lord, we trust You, we, we will take risks even. We will trust You no matter what, because You can do all things. And even, even if it doesn't matter what happened, we will keep on trusting You, because You are faithful and You are good always. And so, um, the verse, this verse from Joshua 3, verse 5, it says, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. This is when Israel was, uh, was going through. Joshua led them, and they were, had to cross the Jordan uh, to enter the promised land. And the priests were getting ready, and God told them how to do it. And the people had to follow the priests who were carrying the ark through the Jordan. And God was going to part the water. And he says, just before that morning, he said to them, Consecrate yourselves, because... For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Amazing. We always want God to do amazing things through us, yeah, and for us. We want to do amazing things with God because He's amazing. And But the Lord said, um, you know, if you want amazing, if you want me to do amazing, there's a requirement. What is it? Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. And I have thought about this word consecrate quite a, lit, uh, quite a lot because God's job is He does amazing. Our job is consecrate yourself. So Lord, how do I consecrate myself so that I can see you do more amazing things through my life and in our regions and in our cities and in the nations where we serve, we want to see you do more amazing. And so how do I consecrate? I want to first tell you quickly what I think consecration is not. And then I'll show you what it is. What is consecration is not. It's not going to church once a week. It's not daily devotions. It's not fasting at the beginning of the year. It is not keeping the Ten Commandments. It's not even sharing your faith with others. It's not giving God your tithe. It's not repeating the sinner's prayer. It's not volunteering for a ministry. It's not leading a home group. It's not lifting your hands in worship. It's not going on a mission trip. Those are all good things, but that's not consecration. So what is consecration? Well, I believe consecration are the following things. Consecration is to set yourself apart. It is to dethrone yourself and enthrone Jesus Christ. It's to say, Lord, even if you change all the plans, that's okay. To, empty, to be empty of all self-interest. I love this next one. It is giving God veto power. I love that. Giving Him veto power. He can change everything just as He wants. And I will say, Lord, I surrender. I'm here to follow your will, not my will, but yours be done. It is recognizing that every second of my time, every ounce of my energy, and every penny of my money is a gift from God, and it's for God. It is crazy love. It is childlike faith. It is blind obedience. It's going all in. That's what consecration is. All in. I want to tell you this example. This is a man. His name is A.W. Milner. He was a missionary to the, I'm not sure how you say that, new hybrids in the South Pacific and, um, but what is amazing, the story, before he went as a missionary to these people, they were headhunters. And before he went, several other missionaries went before him and were killed by these headhunters. And so here he is sensing the call of God and he says, okay, I will go. The chances were that he was going to be killed by them as well. He was one of those missionaries who, uh, in the in the. In, this, in the books of history, they are called one-way missionaries, where they packed their bags, their, all their stuff that they took with them, they packed in a coffin, because they knew there was no coming back. And it's all in. And he was one of those missionaries, and he went in the face of death, because he knew that he might most probably will die. I mean, just think of it. If you're packing your bags for Russia, you know, for Kalmykia, or you're going somewhere on outreach and you're busy packing your suitcase, you know, what do you pack if you know, okay, I'm going to die there? I mean, that's all in. That's all in. He knew that most probably these headhunters will kill them. And so he went with his family. Imagine that. 
You're packing with your family, your bags, thinking they're going to definitely kill us there. That is all in. And so he arrived there. He lived there for 35 years. And then died. The villagers, they, they buried him in the middle of the village, in the center of the village. And this is what they wrote on his tombstone. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. That he changed a village, a nation. They became Christians. They started to follow Jesus because he was all in. He saw amazing because he was all in. I want to quickly give you three short steps to amazing. Three steps to amazing or, or three elements of consecration, really. That's what it is. Three elements of consecration, three steps to amazing. The first one is sell out. Sell out. In Mark 10, verse 17 to 31, we read the story of the rich young man. And uh, he said, teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all you have and give the money to the poor and you will have a treasure in heaven and come and accompany me. You lack one thing. Go and sell all you have. You know, the rich young man, we know the story as a story of uh, where Jesus asked him to give up something. But actually, if you look carefully at the story, the story is not so much about what he had to give up. It is more about an opportunity that he passed up. Look that the last part of the phrase says, and come and accompany me. Jesus was inviting him to internship. Jesus said, come, let's go camping, fishing, eating, living together. Be with me. But he couldn't. He couldn't, he couldn't forsake everything just to be with Jesus. I had to come to the point where I said, Lord, even if you take away missions and the ministry from me, because it's not about, that's not my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal is to know Jesus. To know him. The rich young man have bought in. He followed all the rules. He did nothing wrong. But although he kept all the rules, he did not sell out. There was no crazy love, no childlike faith, no blind obedience, no consecration. What are you putting above internship with Jesus? So let's sell out. Second one, burn your ships. The Spanish explorer Hernan Cortes in the 1500s, he conquered much of the South American continent and he sailed to Mexico with his fleet and did something incredible. When they arrived there, he said to his fleet, you know, there's no going back for us. Returning is no option. But just saying that was not enough. He said, burn the ships. I mean, imagine that. You know, just hearing, okay, there's no going back. Well, that's okay. But when he said, burn the ships, and they actually burned them, that's really, there's no way back. There's no return. He believed that retreat was not an option. There's no plan B. The sad thing is that in the church today, most people are living their plan B because they do not have the courage, the consecration to follow God's plan A for their lives. Sometimes we start off on plan A and we say, well, but I'm going to keep plan B open because maybe if this doesn't work, you know, then I, can, then I have my plan B in place. Plan A people decide that they would rather crush and burn going after their God-ordained dreams than succeed at something else. You don't want to be successful in plan B. You want to follow. God only has one plan, by the way. He doesn't have a plan B. He has one plan. And we must be consecrated to that one plan and burn our ships. This is what Elijah did in 1 Kings 19, verse 21. 
when, when God called Elisha to follow Elijah, and God wanted to use Elisha as a prophet to do mighty miracles through him, to do amazing through him, what did Elijah, what was the first thing Elijah did? The, 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 the theologians and the historians says that Elijah came from, Elisha came from a very wealthy, rich family because he had 12 um, oxen, 12 carts that he plowed the lands with. Rich family. But when God called Elisha, the first thing he did was he burned his plowing equipment, slay the oxen, ate it with his friends. Goodbye party. I'm done with that. I am all in. I'm following. I'm sold out. He did not have to burn his plowing equipment to follow Elijah. He could have just said, you know, put that aside. I'm now going to follow Elijah. But this was a moment where he made a statement of faith. A statement of saying, this is my all-in moment. I'm burning the ships. There's only forward for me. Only doing what God has called me to do. That's the only option. There's no turning back. And God, the result was that he experienced amazing. God did twice as much miracles through the life of Elisha than through Elijah. The double anointing. Amazing miracles. Raising the dead. Uh, uh, iron axe that flowed on water. I mean, those are amazing miracles. God did through his life because he was all in. He was sold out. Are you prepared to burn your ships? Are you willing to give up on your plan B in order to give God's plan A priority in your life? Are you willing to give up your safety net? Number three, climb your cliff. Climb your cliff. This is the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer that, uh, that were, were going to fight against the Philistines. This is a story, I'll just sketch it for you quickly. Um, this is the time where there were no weapons in Israel, only two swords. And the Philistines were coming to make war against Israel. One sword was with Saul, and one sword was with Jonathan and his armor bearer. And here comes this Philistine army, and Jonathan and his armor bearer, Jonathan says to his armor bearer, let's go and fight them. And the story says how God gave him a sign that this is the right thing. They, he went up the cliff. He climbed his cliff. Him and his armor bearer got it a miracle. They, they conquered the Philistines. You must go and read the story. But what is amazing, what I want to highlight in the story, where was Saul when all of this happened? 1 Samuel 14 verse 2 says, Saul sat under a pomegranate tree on the outskirts while Jonathan and his armor bearer climbed the cliff to go and fight the Philistines. He sat on the outskirts. He's an outskirt hugger. You see, that's when we follow plan B because we are afraid. We, we, the risk is too big. All in requires too much. And so we sit on the outskirts and we watch. We're like spectators. But we're too afraid to join in. There is no credit for an audit. Those of you who are students, when you study, you know, you get such a term when you just audit a course. It means you don't have to do all the homework and all the hard work. You can just sit in class and hear all the information. But you don't have to actually do the hard work. There's no audit. You have to actually do the hard work. You have to actually take the hike. You have to actually climb the cliff. That is consecration. This is what we see in Matthew 11 verse 12 says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay a hold of it. We have to go and grab it. We have to do something. God is not calling his church to sit and wait. We can easily say, you know, God, I trust you. I know you've called me, but I will wait until you open the door. And we sit and wait for that open door sometimes all our lives. Let me tell you, the doors are open. Jesus has opened all the doors. 
what he wants of us is consecration to his will. Say, God, okay, I'm all in. I'm sold out. I will burn my ships. I will climb this cliff. I will do something. To go all in, you need to go all out. You need to give maximum effort. To give it all you got. Don't wait for it to happen. Make it happen. You know, it just takes... It just takes a decision and 20 seconds of insane courage to take the first step. That's all it takes. 20 seconds of insane courage. Those 20 seconds when I said, okay, um, we're not going to buy new tickets. We're going to just go to the, to the airport and get out by a miracle. Peter, it took 20 seconds of insane courage to get out of the boat and walk on the water. David, it took 20 seconds to make that decision that I'm going to walk out against Goliath with just a sling. Zacchaeus, just prim and proper Pharisee, the scribe, you know, this, this important man. 20 seconds of insane courage to say, I will climb a tree to just to see Jesus. And Jonathan, the armor bearer, saying, you know, we have one sword against a multitude of Philistines. One sword. But we're going to climb this cliff and storm them. And God gave the victory. How insane. Yes. They believed that God will act on their behalf, and he did. Is this radical? Actually, no. We say, we, look, we can look at this and say, yes, it's radical. But I want to say all in is not radical. It's a simple requirement of consecration. Radical must become our normal again. You know, sometimes we look at people and say, oh, you know, those are the radical ones. You know, we, let's just be normal. No, I want to say, let's not be normal. Let's be radical. Let radical become our normal. Let us do those insane, crazy things that, that, that you, you cannot explain logically. I mean, it's illogical to storm an army with one sword. But that is consecration. That is being all in. Yes, normal people don't do that. I want to end off with one last thing is the man with the one talent you know Jesus told the story of the person who got five talents another one got two talents another one got one talent the one with the five you know worked and got ten thin ten and the one with the with the two talents doubled it and the one with the one talent he went because he was afraid he would lose it he went and buried it and when the master came back he was so glad he still had it to give back to the master and that's often how we are in our Christian life God gives us something and we think Man, I must just take care of this so that I don't lose this. I, I cannot take a risk. Because if I lose this, you know. But you hear what Jesus says when he tells the story? He says, but this man who buried the one talent, he calls him wicked. Wicked. Why was it wicked? Because he was not all in. He was afraid to risk. He was afraid to push all his chips to the middle of the table. He kept like a safety net. And Jesus says, that's wicked. If you are not all in, it's wicked. Are you willing to risk it all in faith? Radical must become our normal. I want to end with this. I want us to read it. It's amazing. I just thought this says it so well. It says, when did we start believing that playing it safe is good? When did we start believing that holding the fort is faithfulness? Let me tell you, just holding the fort is not faithfulness. When did we start believing that God wants to send us to easy places and do easy things? Jesus did not die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. Faithfulness is not holding the fort, it's storming the gates of hell. Consecration is not playing it safe, it's selling out, it's burning your ship, it's climbing the cliff, it's going all in and all out 
for the all in all. Let's stand and pray together. Father, we stand before you today as your children, and we ask you, Lord, that you would forgive us. We're so often, often in our lives, we, we choose plan B because it's easier. It seems so easier to us. Father, forgive us for that. Help us to truly be people who are willing to consecrate ourselves, Lord. So often we want to see amazing, but we're not willing to pay the price. The cost is too high. Father, today we want to choose again as your children. We want to choose, Lord, that we will pay the price. We will sell out. We will burn the ships. We will climb this cliff, Lord, even though it may seem insane. We will do, we will be, be consecrated to you. We will surrender to you. And we'll trust you with the results. Father, like Daniel's three friends, when they were required to bow down and they said, we will not bow down. Our God will save us. And even if he does not, he is still good and we will serve him. Father, we choose that. We choose that we will climb these cliffs. We want our lives to be radical for you. We want radical to be our normal. Father, forgive us where so often we play it safe. Help us, Lord, to have faith that, that can move mountains. Lord, give us more faith. Help us to truly be all in. Father, I pray for New Covenant Church. Lord, I pray that as they're going to more and more take the step of saying, God, we are all in. Lord, that they're going to see amazing. That you're going to do amazing things in their midst, in their city, in their region. Lord, in this nation, that you're going to use them powerfully for your glory. Father, that nations will be touched and changed. Bless this church. Bless Pastor Eric, Lord. Bless the leadership team of this church. Father, show him your vision, your plan A. And give them the courage, that 20 seconds of insane courage to take the first step, Lord. To step out in the new things you have for them. Lord, we know there are many new things to come. We trust you for new things for this church, for every family in this church, Lord. Father, give them that courage to step out and say, Lord, we are all in. And we're going to see you do incredible, amazing things in this new season. Because you are faithful and good. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. So why don't you just close your eyes for just a moment. What about 20 seconds of courage right now? What is the Lord asking of you? We've been hearing this message. They have no clue. When, they, when Miranda shared what she shared, has that not been what God has been speaking over the last several months? Has not God used them all the way from South Africa to reinforce a message that God has been speaking to us for months about being all in. About not holding back. But about putting the chips on the table and moving them to the center 
and being radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God and people from the next generation who will love deeply, who will serve sacrificially, who will speak truthfully, who will go globally in the supernatural power and presence of the Holy Spirit calling all men to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's who we are. 20 seconds of courage, 20 seconds of saying, what is the Spirit of God asking of you? Giving your whole life to Christ, your finances, your family, your stuff, 20 seconds of courage. May the Holy Spirit convict us past our belly, past lunchtime, past leaving this sanctuary to consecrate ourselves by selling out, by burning our ships, being all in. Father, we love you. Lord, I ask that you take us deeper. I ask that you convict us to put action into our lives, to be with you, and to make you known. Father, thank you for this team. Lord, we love them. And Father, we bless them. We ask God for your anointing and your blessing and your provision as they go to the nations. And Father, I thank you that they're imparting something today of radical love, radical selling out, radical consecration. And Lord, we receive it. We receive it in Jesus' name. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn the music up. The conviction of God is on you. And you know you need to do business with God because he's calling you to something. I want you to go to the altar. I want you to kneel before the Lord. And I want you to do business with the Lord. We're also going to have our altar team over here to the left. And if the Lord's dealing with you and you need some special prayer, the team will pray you in and it will, they will pray you through what God is doing in you. And they will help you. They will help give you some answers as God's speaking.